Yeah, do you know what? It can be shorter this week. Let's not. Yeah. <coughs> well, it, well, let's face it. Between the three of us, you two are definitely happy with shorter. But um. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. Welcome to Host Unknown, episode 49, our April Fool's and Easter episode. So have your bunnies at the ready, won't you? Uh, Why are you two sniggering like little girls in the background there? Uh, Because when uh, we talk about bunnies, we're we're thinking about uh, the Lord and Saviour, Hugh Hefner. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I hadn't even thought of that one. <laughs> I was thinking of the other one. Uh, anyway, anyway, how are you this morning? Jeff, how are you, sir? Actually, don't answer because you're going to infect ev- all of our listeners if you answer. Because <laughs> you're you're as rough as a bag of badges, aren't you, at the moment? I am, yeah. I, I don't know. What, I went out cycling one day and then I've been uh, laid up in bed with a... Uh, with a with a cold, a flu, a chest infection. That's uh, what that, exercise will do to you. Exactly. I know. That's what I'm seeing there. I'm, I'm seeing a dangerous link there. <laughs> there is definitely correlation. Yes. So, so we won't be hearing too much of your dulcet tones. Just, uh, just a bit of well, more Lily Savage than uh, Javad Malik this this week, I think. So, Andy, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Can't complain. I got my uh, COVID jab this week. Yay! I've, uh, yeah, I, I figured that I want to see you two old guys at some point. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so it, you know, I'm not due due to my age. I wouldn't be due to get it until like November time or so. So <laughs> I figured I'd uh, come and see you over the summer sometime. So I put myself forward, got the jab. That'll be nice. Excellent, excellent. So I hear you got about three hours sleep again last night. Uh, I did, so yeah, it was a good night for me last night, so I can't yeah, complain right. on that one. Uh, but mean... I do have a question, though, which yes. I hope you can uh, help with. Uh, why have we received three pairs of Sticky Pickles branded nipple clamps? Oh, yeah, if you could just forward a pair to me, that would be lovely. Thank you. Um, but you're yeah, aware well, these were coming, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Did you, uh, did you You mean you don't listen to the Sticky Pickles podcast? The podcast that, that I've been invited on. I oh, really? to add. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. So they named it after our feature Sticky Pickle of the Week, I understand. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and I think they stole our um our tagline, you know, the one you the one you use. I know. There's definitely a a, a tender link there. But but uh, they, I think they, we might have to ditch it. Yeah, yeah. They they claimed it was theirs and uh, bizarrely, they said, well, in which case, we're going to have to send them some s- sticky pickle nipple clamps. So this I, is, I asked did, for three did you say? Did you say you're going on the Sticky Pickles podcast, Tom? Yes, I am. So you going on there, you've been on Smashing Security like three, four times in the last year. Four times, which tells and, yeah, four and, times. Uh, and uh, uh, speaking of causation and correlations, um, <laughs> the, gov- the, the government has said there's no evidence of institutional racism in Britain. So um <laughs> yes but but smashing security and sticky pickles are a nation unto themselves. So I guess we have to wait for their report. You know. They may course, be Yeah. You you you've been on smashing security at least once so you know you That was ages ago years ago. Yeah, yeah. What what more do you want than a than a token appearance? Come on. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> I see how it is. I can imagine them with a board on a calendar on the wall and like every three weeks, oh, we need to have a token token representation. 
<laughs> all all it tells me is that for, I've been on that show four times, and as I said the other day on well, on the show, you know, when I was uh, chatting with uh, with with Graham and Carol, um, all I said was that it tells me that uh, they've had four people drop out last minute. Hence, why I'm on the show. True, you know, because I'll go to the opening of an envelope, let alone uh, you know, being invited <laughs> onto a podcast. <laughs> As um, long as it doesn't cost you anything, right? Absolutely. And and if there are sandwiches and free nipple clamps, then I'm there. Uh, I also, I also, it may have helped that I also became a patron of um, Smashing Security. Oh, is that what it takes? you got to pay. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, we, yeah we, we got an issue this week that uh, we are recording earlier than usual because yeah, of the a, Good Friday. a day earlier. Holiday. It's completely screwing everything up. Um, I'm I'm really busy today. I don't know what time I'm going to get this podcast out. You know. So anyway, so essentially the stories are going to be as old as Smashing Security stories. They are. Uh, they are. It? Yeah. I, and in fact, up to about an hour ago, they were the Smashing Security stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, I think we're missing something here. That there's, a, there's some pay to play going on right right here. That you know. I became a patron. This is like, you know, big... You're not co- letting go of this, are you, Jay? Well, it's the government <laughs> PPE big scandal companies. all over, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> this is how it starts and this is how it goes. Next mayor election, I, I expect to see Tom and Graham standing for London mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I, what can I say? They just they just choose the brightest and the best. And, and when they don't turn up, they ask me on. <laughs> Isn't that how Boris got into power? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, dear. So, chums, 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 what have we got for you this week? Uh, we will have This Week in Infosec. Um, that's Andy's favourite part. I think we've got a tweet of the week, have we? Uh, we've definitely got a Billy Big Balls and a rant. We're, we're a bit thin on stories, if we're perfectly honest with you. Um, industry news. Um so did you know, uh, also, funnily enough, that six out of seven dwarves are not happy? That's all we've got to say about the little people this week. Um, and will we have a sticky pickle of the week? Um, although, going by what we've talked about so far, we're more likely to have a sticky nipple of the week this week. So, uh, yes, it should be, a, it should be an interesting show, if nothing else. Uh, so shall we get cracking? Let's try it. Let's, let's see where we go. Let's. It's the only way is down from here, folks. This week in InfoSec. So this is the part of the show where we take a stroll down memory lane, liberating content from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Um, so, you know, this genuinely is content inspired by the Today in InfoSec Twitter account and embellished by us. A mere 42 years ago, uh, before I was born, on the t- uh, around about the 27th of March 1979, a then 33-year-old computer consultant called Stanley Mark Rifkin was sentenced to eight years in prison for stealing $10.2 million from a bank. Um The federal judge in that case, a Judge Matthew Byrne Jr., rejected an appeal from Mr. Rifkin that he be placed on probation. So he asked to be placed on probation after stealing $10.2 million uh, so that he could teach bank officials how to prevent computer fraud. 
Oh, so um, he stole it through computer. Yes, sorry, yeah. So, yeah, he did this by computer. Um, and I'll get to a bit more detail about what he did there. Um, I, I think I've seen this film because I, I, he got his name wrong. I think it was Richard Pryor. Um, and it was <laughs> it was Superman 2, 3? I can't remember one of them. Well, these things were all inspired, right? They, yeah, they all, that's uh, right. They all come from somewhere. So um, Stanley Mark Wifkin, a.k.a. the Artful Schmoozer, uh, was his name? Um, Who I don't, came, did he yeah. get that name out of a Christmas cracker? <laughs> I found this one on the uh, Social Engineer Org uh, website. How they referred to him. Uh, so during the autumn of 1978, when he committed this crime, it was at the time the largest bank theft in U.S. history. Uh, so he was actually a um, contractor working for this bank, Security Specific National Bank. Uh, to develop a backup system for them. And during his time there, he learned the transfer procedures that they used. Uh, and then he found that the bank agents would actually write down the daily transfer code um, and just sort of leave it on their desk. So he's there, he goes into the transfer room one day like as part of his normal work. He saw the code, memorised it, walked out, and then basically impersonated um, you know, another person in the bank, made a few phone calls, and then just had the 10.2 million wired. Uh, to this trust in New York, uh, which then forwarded it to this bank in Switzerland where he'd already set up an account. Um, so knowing the procedures, you know, nothing was unusual about this process because, you know, it's normal for that person to to authorise a transfer. He had the transfer code. Uh, so everything seemed, seemed okay. Uh, the bank were completely unaware that this had happened. And uh, where it sort of all fell down for him was that, uh, you know, in order to, to fence um, you know, this 10.2 million. He he basically bought uh, nearly nine kilos worth of diamonds um, so that he could then resell them. I know, it, it's a strange show. I mean, there's a link in the show notes to the to the full story. Um, definitely worth worth going through. So I wasn't actually aware of this uh, at the no. time. But it's absolutely brilliant that the bank were completely unaware of this. And the first they knew of where this money came from was when the FBI um, actually intercepted him. Uh, on a separate sting. And that separate sting was set up because um, the lawyer, that he, the first lawyer he used um, to deal with this uh, issue of, of being caught with uh, so many diamonds um, was not under attorney-client privilege for whatever reason. So that lawyer then went to the FBI <laughs> and... and uh, and uh yeah he got caught uh it all went back and you know the officials at the bank had no idea that this money was gone until after the fbi had arrested him for the for the diamond heist and then uh traced the money back i think i think um the attorney client privilege thing don't you ha- you have to be paying for the services or something like that don't you yeah, I'm not quite sure where. So, you know, yeah, I'll be honest. Because, like, we use it a lot, you know, corporate. Well, I don't in really. Better understand call it. Saul. He he regularly asks if he's about yes. to get shot. Oh, he regularly asks dollar. the other, "Give me a dollar." <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. he's under client, you know, client attorney privilege um, or attorney client privilege. So I'm, you know, and, and that may be simplifying it somewhat, but I'm assuming it's because maybe he just said, "I'll pay you afterwards" or something like that. Oh, man. There, there is so much to unpack here, but yeah. what I'm thinking is. Had the judge said, go and teach the banks, we might not have business email compromise today because it's 
it works in pretty much exactly the same way. Someone, <laughs> we someone, could have been dealt with, the, you know, in yeah. the early days. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. we may not even be sat here doing this podcast because the industry is not as big and expensive <laughs> yeah. as it, you know, as it would be. Because frankly, they oh, so we've got to do this, and then they've got forty odd years to get it right. Yeah. So the judge actually said, you know, at his request to, to uh, be put on probation to to educate, uh, the judge actually said it would be far more effective prison is a far more effective deterrent than all the lectures he could give america yeah <laughs> exactly yeah but there were um i think there's someone else who stood up for him uh, at his trial it's um professor professor of management science at the california state university so csu uh, so he actually said uh, you know the guy's not a bank robber he's a problem solver He said, uh, I have a feeling Stan viewed the entire thing as an incredible problem. He's always five years ahead of anything else that's going on. Five years and $10.2 million ahead. Yeah. But, you know, again, how much has changed in terms of, you know, people get social engineered to to transfer funds. You know, nowadays it's via email. You still get the odd phone call. But, man, been there before. This was done Big big whaling was done back in you know forty two years ago. Yeah, blimey, forty two. I didn't even think computers were invented then. So what does he do now? Uh, he's now just an entry on Wikipedia, um, <laughs> <laughs> according to my uh, very quick research. Um, no, he's. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. So uh, he must be in his late seventies by now. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So he's he's kind of like the um, not version 0.1 of Frank Abagnale. Yeah, yeah. the yes. one that uh, you know. There's always the ones that uh, you know get the 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 big gigs. You know, like uh, your colleague uh, Jav, Mister um, Kevin Mitnick. You know, he gets all the big gigs and all the plaudits. But you know, there's plenty of people that got arrested before him. <laughs> that didn't quite make it big. Nice one. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much for this week's... This week in InfoCert. Nice. Like that one. Like that one. I think we should put uh, one of these on now. Recording from the UK. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Not that we're trying to pad the show out at all. (laughs) <laughs> I do like that one though because it's got the yeah makes you proud to be British. <laughs> well, as we're talking about, you know, the smashing security podcast and institutionalized racism, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll chuck in a bit of Royal Britannia, <laughs> remind people of the colonies, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Is would Sticky Pickles be considered a colony of smashing security? I don't know. It's the interesting. Oh well. Anyway, shall we move on? Um, yes, we will. Since uh, I've got the jingles, let's move on to... Listen up! Rant of the week. It's such a mother rage. So, uh, rant of the week. Um, this is on friend of the show, Krebs on Security, Brian Krebs. Um, and I've got a wonderful story about Brian Krebs, which I won't tell in public, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it involves me and Brian Honan, and it's hilarious. Uh, but I shall t- maybe tell that another time. Um, but uh, so Krebs broke a story this week uh, on the Ubiquity breach. Now, Ubiquity Networks 
Um, they're um, <clears throat> excuse me. They 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 produce high end uh, networking equipment, um, primarily Wi Fi, but uh, certainly not enterprise level. But um, eye wateringly expensive. Eye wateringly uh, expensive. Yeah, that's right. Eye wateringly and unpronounceably expensive. Um, so, the other good friend of the show, Croy Hunt, he has uh, plenty of this equipment in his house, uh, and he often tweets about the installation or whatever. Um, and if and if and if Croy says it's good, then it's probably very very good. I looked at getting it and uh, couldn't afford it, even on even on my uh, uh, salary. So, um, so Andy, on your on your minimum wage job, you've got no chance. No, but at um, least you know. Good news: uh, minimum wage does go up today in the UK. Yes, it does. It does. What does it go up to? Uh, Ten pounds something. No, ah, not bad. So about two euros then. Yeah, a huge amount. An hour that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, certainly on a British workday, anyway. Um, so there was a breach, and it was through a third party. They, uh, there was a disclosure that a breach involving a third-party cloud provider had exposed customer account credentials. Uh, they had reported this on January 11th uh, that you know this this um, breach had happened. It had happened through a third party. However. Uh, Recently, as in as uh, as reported yesterday, a source who actually participated in the response to that breach has alleged that Ubiquity massively downplayed what was uh, considered to be a catastrophic incident to minimise the hit to its stock price, uh, and that the third party cloud provider claim was a fabrication. I think that means lie. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, economical with the truth. Economical yeah. with the truth. That's right. So this uh, security professional helped the company respond to the two-month-long breach that started in uh, December 2020. Actually contacted Krebs on Security directly after raising his concerns, get this, with both Ubiquiti's whistleblower hotline and the European Data Protection Authorities. And obviously nothing happened. Um, a con- and uh, this person contacted Krebs on the obviously on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. I'm presumably this fine. This guy sounds like a serial snitcher. Well, snitches get stitches, right? Exactly. I can imagine that, can't you? Uh, Mr. Snitch, please come to the boardroom for your stitches. <laughs> <clears throat> so this, this person said it was catastrophically worse than reported and legal silenced and overruled efforts to decisively protect customers. He wrote in, um, this chap wrote to, in a letter to the European Data Protection Supervisor. The breach was massive, customer data was at risk, access to customers' devices deployed in corporations and homes around the world was at risk. Uh, that's, that's pretty fucking awful, really. So not only to create... Um, you know, or to lie about the source of the breach, i.e. it wasn't us, it was a third party, uh, but to then actually have legal stop any kind of um, open and transparent dialogue with customers, uh, and that customer, those customers were only informed of it two months after the investigation, so not something has happened, we're looking into it, you know, we'll keep you informed on a, 
you know, on a regular basis. But, oh, this happened, we've dealt with it, and it was nothing to do with us. Is awful. Absolutely awful. And basically all their letter says is just that, this happened, we think you should change your password and enable 2FA. Oh, wow. statement, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, just. This is, this is right up there with fat faces, uh, <laughs> the response that we well, covered last week. And also, also not to recycle old content uh, from uh, other podcasts, um, which obviously they normally do to us anyway, but um, I, I, I talked on Tuesday about MobiQuick, this Indian company that did basically the same. A researcher said, all your customer records are up on the dark web. And and uh, they publicly said, no, they aren't. It's nothing to do with us. We didn't... We didn't uh, uh, we haven't had a breach, and we've got a third party to prove it. And anyway, uh, our customers probably put it there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it isn't us, but if it is, we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah we didn't do it. Our they, customers they did it. They bought it on themselves. Yeah. And then caused the researcher that raised it as a media-crazed researcher wasting our time. Got to destroy the character. You, you know, that sounds like a very Indian response. Actually, if you... It it, it, it kind of loses its meaning when I think you say it out loud in English, but I, I'm imagining someone in Hindi well, yeah. saying it and then it being translated like that, and it is so on brand. It is uh, totally yeah. uh, appropriate for more. Well, they were apparently, uh, allegedly, um, pre-IPO. So I think there's a, uh, a, a whole okay. bunch of um, firefighting damage covering going yeah. on. But, yeah. the fa- but the fact is that this data that they allege their customers have probably copied up there contains password hashes and know your customer information. Um, yeah, because we often upload our data, including uh, usernames and passwords and password hashes to websites, don't we, as as consumers? Uh, and also salts in some cases as well. So, Yeah, how else are you meant to back stuff up? I know, I know. Right? But Speaking- this kind of – this we seem to have – we, we seem to have come out of a renaissance of responsible disclosure and people, you know, companies saying, hey, we, we got hacked. This is what we're doing about it. Sorry, customer. We'll keep you informed and actually being responsible about it. And we seem to be going back into this thing of, as you say, Jav, it wasn't us. And even if it was, it wasn't our fault. You know, yeah. it's, it's I, I think what it, what it is, is that you, 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 the, the companies that we've been praising in the last few years, they're like just ahead of the curve. And then there's just so many organizations like they're collecting data. They have no idea what, what they, why they're collecting the data, but it's just data. So they might as well collect it anyway. There's no purpose even, but they, they just think they might be able to monetize it in the future or it might just come in handy. And I think those are the ones where like they have really bad breaches. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, you know, many of these companies like Ubiquity is right at the source of your organization. It quite literally is the transport layer of all of your communications, right? And if that's if that's breached, that level of trust is breached, then you can assume that, you know, anybody with the right, uh, you know, technical know-how, knowledge, etc., and intent and motivation could actually fundamentally uh, expose your in your uh, your network, right? Yeah, you know it's it, this isn't just um, you know I don't know that you're losing the account to your Sunday newspaper um, uh, digital download. This is 
significantly more fundamental than that, and yet they're treating it like it's like it's nothing and and lying through it as well. So allegedly, yeah, um, the share price has dropped uh, in the last couple of days. Actually, ubiquities. Funny that. Yeah, I know. Funny, but you know, it's uh, it's only been a couple of days. I'm sure it'll bounce back stronger than ever. And it's not actually the first time ubiquity have had security issues. Um, back oh, in, interesting! Really, back in 2015. Krebs uh, reported something about the apart Trojan being uh, on the on some of their products. Twenty fifteen, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Um, and before that, in twenty thirteen, there was a U boot configuration extraction where uh, you, it was possible to extract a plain text configuration from the device without leaving a tra- trace using trivial Which... file transfer protocol and an Ethernet cable. Revealing such information, such as passwords, um, right? But 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 you know what? This you know in a, in a fast moving, you know, techni- technologically bleeding edge environment, these issues happen, and it's not the fact that they happen because you know if you want old reliable, then you know go with some other product. Tom, you're know. talking about bleeding edge technical. It's a router. <laughs> yeah, but Ubiquity was one of the first ones. I know. To, to You're be arguing sort of... with T, Susan. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Oh, anyway, but what the I'm cultural so... references are lost on Tom. I know, I know. Um, so, but 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 what I'm saying is, these things will happen. Yes, but it's what you do about it that counts. Exactly. And how you respond, and how you manage it, and how you treat your customers, and if you treat them with disdain, that's. That really shows, um, and that that really reflects you as a company in a very bad light. Well said, well said. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, in the great words of Andrew, time to move on from this story. Um, <laughs> <coughs> so that was this week's rant of the week. <laughs> You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Bubblegum for the brain. I know that's Andy's favourite, that one. Yeah, that uh, one right. They're all my favourites. They are. Well, <laughs> you created them, let's face it. So, yeah. I still like the intro music myself, you know. So I think that's pretty much the only one that survived. <laughs> survived the great culling by Andy. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's uh, move straight on to... So Do not assume gender. This is not yeah. <laughs> colossal not... cojones. No, uh, Carol's colossal cojones. I think we decided. <laughs> Very good. So, um, uh, actually, this. Probably isn't even a Billy Big Balls, more of a rant of the week. But it's a very good post by, <laughs> by Jason Chan, who is the VP of security at Netflix. Um, and he, he wrote a post on LinkedIn saying, thoughts on selling to security leaders. And uh, it, it's a good post. He, he, he puts down lots of bullet points as to um, how to not contact him or security leaders broadly. Uh, if you're a security vendor. So um, it, it, I, I went through this and I thought, oh, those are good points. And then I, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a, a lady, she wrote a post about 
if you want to talk to a girl somewhere, think of that person as the rock. And is it something I would say to the rock? <laughs> and if it is, if it is, then it's cool. And if it's not, then don't say it. And and I read this and I thought this, this these bullet points actually apply perfectly in that same scenario as well. So so like the first point is if I ask not uh, okay, I'll embellish it slightly. If the rock asks not to be contacted by your company. Ensure that that covers all channels, phone, LinkedIn, email, and extends to your colleagues, or he will lay the smack of the down on you. <laughs> Don't sell to the rock based on FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Security is a tough field to work to to work in, and bad things happen. The rock doesn't need scare tactics from sales folks. It's fine to follow up with the great one to an unanswered message (laughs) once and give it at least a week between messages. If someone doesn't respond after the second reach out, it's likely they're not interested. I'd not have time to do my job if I replied or unsubscribed to every reach out I receive. The rock would not have time to do his job. uh, Yes, I really relate to that one. I think the best I've got is six in a week. Oh like, in five God. days, six messages in five days forwarded on every time saying, you know, sorry to keep, sorry for my persistence. Did you see my previous messages? Yeah. <laughs> Don't assume that you understand The Rock's problems or you know what he should be at the top. Or, or you're... You are not on your game today, are you, Jeff? No, no. <laughs> Do not assume you understand The Rock's problems, Jabroni, or that you know what should be at the top of his priority list. Every wrestler has a different threat model, culture, and risk tolerance. Very good. Very good. If you're selling something, don't ask to pick The Rock's brain or for, for feedback on your approach from The Rock. <laughs> Do not call The Rock on the phone. There is no situation where The Rock is looking to have this conversation. <laughs> Email or LinkedIn is fine. If you're working on some second-tier person on my team, don't escalate to The Rock if things don't go your way. I trust the little rocks to make good decisions. Who Did, did The Rock have a tag team? Um he had many. The Rock and yeah. Sock connection is probably the greatest. <laughs> the, the Rock what? The Rock and Sock connection. The Rock and Sock. That, that was Mr. Socko. That was played by Mick Foley, a.k.a. Yeah. Mankind, a.k.a. Dude Love. Um, he was also in the, um, what was that? The... It was in a film, right? You could have just said Security Operations Centre, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, I missed that one. I'm not on my game at all. <laughs> Uh, your product or solution doesn't solve every security problem. That's okay. The Rock doesn't expect it to. Just be clear about the value you believe your solution brings to The Rock. Your solution won't save The Rock from the next insert breach exploit vulnerability here. Don't say it will. Perhaps it's additive or helpful, but operating a security program successfully is complex and involves people and technology working together. Again, just be clear about your product value. This is like an adult, you know, reading 101 class. 
I, I, I didn't realise that was such a long one. I, I, I only had enough breath in my lungs for like, you know, that first part. This don't is worry, a problem folks, when you don't see the show notes. Yeah, don't worry, folks, there's only three left. Do not offer The Rock a gift card, a gift, or cash in exchange for a meeting. Just no. I'd say it depends on what the gift is. I did I did accept a pair of um uh Beats Studio headphones for a meeting once. Uh keep your word and follow up on time if and when asked by the rock. The rock appreciates folks who meet their commitments and respect the rock's time. If the rock is a customer, think long-term partnership versus transactional sale. There is a lot of overhead to switching vendors, and The Rock appreciates folks that can build long-term, mutually beneficial relationships. Do you know what, Mr. The Rock, if you're listening, um, please let us know. Uh, Do do, do these resonate with you? Do you often get sales pitches like this? Uh, Because we know you're a fan of the show, so so let us know. If you smell... Do you know what, I think we're alienating more and more of our... uh, of our audience every well, single so week. Join uh, me and Jeff for our uh, weekly wrestling podcast. <laughs> the, uh, host that would be good. Anyway, thank you, Jav, for this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week. Oh, oh God, Andy, what time is it? Uh, it's that time where we head over to our Sources on probation over at the InfoSec PA Newswire who have been busy this week bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. FBI issues Mamba Alert. Industry News. Burned out employees put corporate security at risk. Industry News. Aussie TV network taken off air by ransomware. Industry News. German MPs hit by Russian-backed phishing attacks. Industry News. Cyberbullying linked to social media addiction. Industry News. UK Cyber Security Council officially launches as independent body. Industry News. CISA and RH-ISAC to run cyber security drill. Industry News. Three quarters of legal breaches caused by insiders. Industry news. Most global chip companies show signs of compromise. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Let's go straight on to... Javad's Weekly Stories. I lost uh, over a kilo and a half this week. So Damn it. I, I am the biggest loser between I, Tom and I. I put on 300 grams. Oh, well. Javad's Weekly Stories. <laughs> Which the phrase huge if true now applies to me. <laughs> you realise that uh, you guys are going on this uh, health kick right before Easter Boxing Day. Yes, I know. I ate half a Christmas, uh, half an Easter egg yesterday. I know. Half. <laughs> <laughs> amateur, amateur hour. Jeez. You don't know how, you don't know how big the damn egg was. Numbers. 
You it, don't know how it, big the damn egg was. It, it works out for me because uh, Ramadan's just around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call unfair advantage. How dare you let your your religion take advantage of this situation? You're more uh, than welcome to fast with me, Tom. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> well, how? Yeah. So what the hell is a Mamba alert anyway? Uh, so I assumed that we're, we're talking about, uh, have you seen the film Kill Bill? Yeah. Black yeah. Mamba. So I was wondering <laughs> yeah, if she's back. Right. Yeah, the, the Mambas, yeah. Uh, so Mamba's ransomware, yeah. uh, which has uh, been deployed against local governments, public transportation agencies, legal services, technology services, uh, industrial, commercial, manufacturing and construction businesses. So pretty much targeting Everyone. Everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, nothing like reading the first paragraph of, a, of an article. Is <laughs> no. Well, I'm trying to do it quickly to... Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to keep us moving along. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, open source full disk encryption software uh, called Dis- Discryptor. Uh, I like that. That's clever. Okay. The other one that I thought was interesting, three quarters of legal breaches caused by insiders. That doesn't surprise me, really. No, when me you neither. say that... When you see that barristers are still carrying all of their documents around on paper, just secured by a coloured bow, a, you know, yeah. a, a coloured piece of ribbon, um, you know, you leave one of those on the train or something. That's a massive data breach. Whereas if you leave an iPad or something like that, you've got at least it's encrypted and, and secured. But yeah, you know, it's so, not so like that um, doesn't surprise me at all. If you consider how many small legal firms there are, and it's not yeah. like uh, you know that that TV series Suits. Where they've got some expert IT guy. Hey, someone's hacking our firewall. They've dropped a encrypted Trojan on the. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> they're stealing our data. Damn, they got in. I thought that was CSI. Uh, yeah, well, well, all of the yeah, all of the it's above. The same script, yeah. Yeah, but they it yeah, is. lots of personal data, lots of uh, commercially sensitive data. Uh, very little, little uh, investment. I, I, you know, the thing I loved in Suits is like how there could be the most complex case in the world and they go over with a binder that in their hand and there's only like a few pages in it. He says, what's up? And he hands them the binder and they, they open the binder and they skim read it and within five seconds they get a complete grasp of every single <laughs> yeah. nuance off the case of detail. And I'm like, we need to have a security version of that where like, you know, when someone asks what's happened there, you can just give them like a, you know, a five bullet points and they completely understand <laughs> what's happened. Right. And then just walk out and give an yeah. announcement to the press that they yeah. just think, yeah, yeah. sophisticated whereas, attack. Yeah. Whereas I read a white paper or something like that and I think, no, I'll have to leave it a day and read that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know that those words were in English and I understood them all in you know uh, as individually but in context not a clue <laughs> so so here's a, a, an actual useful tip and, and i told uh, someone this the other day and they didn't realize because i thought this was kind of like common knowledge but i suppose it's um uh, when, when, when there's a white paper or a research paper in particular um you don't start at the beginning and read all the way through read the summary at the beginning and read the conclusions at the end. And that will give you the majority of what you need to know. The middle should all be all the details that you're, you're trying to fill in. So if you're one of those people that gets stuck reading these papers, read so them. a bit like this show, right? You just... Uh... <laughs> the intro and the outro, that's all you need. You know, but 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 it's true though, because a good a good document, the executive summary tells you what's in the document. The document just tells you how it's reached those conclusions. Exactly. UK Cybersecurity Council, 
uh, yes. the self-regulatory organization responsible for boosting professional standards and career prospects for those working in cybersecurity. Uh, as obviously now launched in the UK, what will they bring us in the industry? And I see that the chairman of ISC Squared was very quick to uh, to put themselves out there and say that, uh, yeah, we definitely need more industry collaboration to address the cyber skill shortage. Oh, man. Of course. You, you know, it, it's just like I get... I feel like a millennial because I get triggered every time I hear the phrase cybersecurity shortage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We should do a whole episode on that um, because we could do with culling a few of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it is, it's 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 going to be a good – overall, it's got to be good news. But, but yeah, it's um, – uh, so again, like a lot of this goes back to research and and methodologies and, and what have you. Thing is, if you ask ten of your best friends or, or, or ten people you know, say like, "Do you think you earn enough money, or could you do with more?" Yeah, what, the majority are going to say, "Well, I'm." Even if they're happy with what they they earn, they say, well, <laughs> "I wouldn't say no to more." Yeah, yeah. And, no, especially if you stay yeah. like that. And I get then paid you get, too much. I get paid yeah. too much. I don't need it. <laughs> Exactly. So, so you know, it, you know, it, it's one of those things. If you ask security people or, or uh, leaders, like, do you need more resources? Majority are going to own. Very few are going to say no. I have the perfect team. I have enough people. I have enough budget, and uh, you know, everything. There, there's always going to be that that case where it will be always be nice to have more, or or you're always striving to grow your team or or, or your budget or what have you. So. I think there's there's a fundamental flaw in when you go go and ask someone that kind of question. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, on that note, this is the host unknown podcast. So, Andy, I think we're going to go over to you for this week's tweet of the week. I we'll always play that one again. Tweet of the week. Uh, once again, this is uh, one of those could be a rant of the week. Why not? We're just shoving it in. So the tweet <laughs> is from uh, Caitlin at 0x26d uh, on Twitter. And she has posted a screenshot from a job application. And uh, she's put the the commentary, tech and infosec Twitter. Please help me decipher why a job listing would have this. And within that job listing um it has a applicant screening uh process which asks to prove that you are human qualified and committed all applicants must calculate the sum of the following four values number one maximum number of virtual processes per virtual machine in a hyper v hypervisor two number of host bits in a slash 21 Three, the most recent DEFCON number. Four, the lowest registered BGP ASN for University of Southern California. Then create a H.265 slash Opus encoded video of yourself, intro message optional, providing the answer. Email it along with your resume or LinkedIn to, and then it's got the IP address. <laughs> um, so this is one of those, if you want this job... <laughs> You know, and dance so, monkey dance. Exactly. Oh I think God. the questions were like, why would a job listing have this? Uh, and some of the responses to this is, 
uh, you know, it's quite ter- like very little support for it, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, for someone was declared best nerd and promoted to manager of nerds. Uh, you know, this person <laughs> enjoys being smarter than others. Yeah. Has no clue how to recruit. Um, other people, you know, this is when I walk away and laugh. It's not even a fun or educational challenge. Um, others say, no, the key of this is to get a video of you. This is to discriminate. Um, you know, I can Ooh. already tell this is a shit company. <laughs> is it Facebook or Google? They haven't named and shamed, unfortunately. Why? Uh, it's on a just... pub- it, I mean, it should be. A, these are public documents. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. Oh. And then, you know, you got someone else actually giving the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Please, does a, does a number add up to 421 or something yeah. like that? But, uh, I mean, general uh, feeling is that uh, the the hiring manager is incompetent at being a hiring manager. Um, yeah, some people are asking them to, to reach out, uh, or to, to name and shame, but no, she's not... Um, not doing it, but others are saying you can you can get it. But yeah, this goes back to that hiring practice. You know, and it gets to the stage. You know, I think I'm at that stage in my career where you know, if I look at a job and someone says I've got to dance, I'm gonna be like, nah, not for me. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I I know what I can bring to the table. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a two way street. I I had to do four interviews for this current job, and I I thought that was pushing it a bit. <laughs> I mean, God, just just listen to the podcast. That should be enough. <laughs> not this episode, though. Yeah, not this episode. No, <laughs> episode thirty-one. I think that's our highest rated one. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I and this is the thing. But you you'll have people, certainly younger people, fresh out of university, etc., who who will you know dance to this because they won't have any other option. And I think it just it 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 just really does show quite how poor the culture in that particular organization is yeah so, so one of the responses actually is like uh, to hire the poor person they already have and i think that's a very valid to hire the what point. sorry to hire the person they already have oh i see so yeah. sometimes because of state local laws or whatever you have to publicize a, a job externally before yeah. hiring from within or yeah. whatever so it, it could be but that. You might as well say, you know, like, tell me the number I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Applicant yeah. screening process. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, geez, I'd much rather have a go for that. At least that's slightly funny. You know, <laughs> so, tell me the number I'm thinking of and I'll guarantee you an interview, yeah. you know, <laughs> CV or not. <laughs> I, I, I think that there's, there's, this is one end of the spectrum and on the other end you do have people like Tom who say like, I'm not even giving you a CV. Here's my podcast. Here's my website. (laughs) You put in the effort. You spent hours researching me and every other applicant and then decide on who's the right person. It's about having self-worth. I mean, let's face it, Jav. When when, when I first came up with the idea for Host Unknown, the the idea was, let me finish, let me finish. The idea was that we would never have to ask to present at a conference ever again, that we'd be invited, that we'd never have to justify ourselves and be paid paid to travel around the world. Obviously, that's, that's... Failed miserably, well, and, I, and I blame you two as sole founders for that. Yeah, no, that but, works. Uh, that works for certain <laughs> types of things. So if you're hiring a actor, you know they put out their show reel, yeah, or you can watch their movies or what have you. But when it's an internal role that you know you, you're not creating something for public, control. yeah, I, I go out of my way to suppress any association with this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Ah, uh, 
yeah, don't like it myself. I definitely think this is Google or Facebook. Prove me wrong. Uh, and thank you very much, Jeff, for this week's Tweet of the Week. You're welcome, but it was Andy. <laughs> yes, it was Andy, wasn't it? <laughs> That's all right. It happened. Do you know what? I create, Jeff gets the credit. Why change well, the, this is true. the habit of a lifetime, right? This is true. This is true. You know, everybody knows how much... Um, um, you know how much Jav had to do with the CIWSP video, right, Andy? <laughs> Jav, we'll we loved your CIWSP video. Yeah. yeah, we will. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right, I'm not even dead yet, and you guys are already tarnishing <laughs> my legacy. <laughs> well, we're proactive. You know, we're trying to get ahead of the got, game here. Got we're a very busy long people. To-do list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're busy people. Just be thankful we're giving you any attention at what, all. What does constitute institutional racism? I need to look that up this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, do we have a sticky nipple of the week this week? Um, uh, I don't think. I don't think. No, we do, no. So, obviously, this is part of the show that we like to call "Pick of the Week." Um. I was going to say, uh, we do have, no, yeah, we didn't do the, um, any mentions of April Fool's pranks, uh, and I didn't see any InfoSec-related ones, but there were a couple of ones, so this is like my favourite uh, time of the year anyway, uh, and it's a shame that we're not in the office to see all those pranks that, uh, you know, used yeah. to go around, especially when you've got call centres and sort of, you know, ask um, ask people to call back Mr. C. Lion at London Zoo. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Or, you know, call uh, Buckingham Palace, ask for Liz. Uh, you know, all that type of stuff. But I saw a couple which did make me chuckle. Uh, so I'll talk about, uh, first one, Cartoon Network said they rebranding as Cattoon Network and are going to focus uh, on uh, a feline focus. Uh, on Twitter, Volkswagen <laughs> have said they're uh, rebranding to Volkswagen, uh, as in, like, you know, to start with their all new electric uh, stuff. Uh, Burger King announced that um, they say, Do you think everything is better on sourdough? So do we. To celebrate, oh, we're putting everything on sourdough. Oh, uh, oh my God. You know, so that, that looks good. Um, and then just a couple of other ones, which uh, Pringles Lip Balm. Uh, coming soon. So salt and vinegar and sour cream and onion flavour, uh, you know, to be released. That actually sounds quite nice, I must admit. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, a meaty bath bomb. Uh, so Frank and Benny's uh, chain restaurant thinks that, uh, you know, meatballs are so good you'll want to bathe in them. Uh, so they've got <laughs> bath bombs. Uh, McCain Smiles, you know, the potato snacks. Yeah. Uh, they have teamed up with Iceland to produce upside down potato smiles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it yeah I like those uh, falafel flavour ice cream uh, coming from Good Life uh, not sure I'm a fan of that and uh, I think the big one is Heinz have uh, announced a collaboration with um, Innocent uh, and they've created the Heinz cream on cream of tomato soup and classic strawberry and banana smoothie uh, oh, they're calling wow. it a schmoop oh. Schmoop. <laughs> I did see one on Twitter this morning from Lego uh, called the Smart Brick. And so it, it, it showed... Um, You'd already <coughs> ordered it on Amazon before you read the story, right? Yep, I'm sorry. It's coming tomorrow. But um, so, so the actual little video was somebody walking across the living room and then standing on bricks, you know, and obviously hurting their feet, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then with the Smart Brick, as you walk towards them, they all spread out of the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and then, oh, and then we had one this morning on our, um, our internal uh, chat channels that basically uh, was saying that we'd been acquired by Cisco. So, <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's a uh, yeah, that's, that's harsh. Yeah, that's a cold one. So, if you want to know why uh, my education is so poor, this this is a genuine story. My uh, A level business studies teacher. Uh, actually came in one day uh, and barely you know this was a long time back so it wasn't like she could just double check stuff on her phone or look look stuff up on the internet um, and she basically presented how marketing re- market research really powerful and why you always make decisions based on numbers and she had this article from Mars who had created a left-handed Mars bar and uh, she was she was 100% suckered in by this where what? Uh, yeah no I'm not even joking um and basically, you know, like Mars has the R for the registered trademark, uh, or used to back back then. And uh, they had produced images of that saying L, and it just said, look for the L if you want a left-handed one. And it tears open easier uh, if your dominant hand's on the left. And, <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, and, you know, we were like, oh, my God, you know, this person's teaching us. <laughs> like, you know, she is setting us up for the world. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know why my business sense is so screwed, it's... Uh, oh, wow. Thanks, Miss Jarrett. oh dear excellent well gentlemen i think we're up against it at the moment thank you very much i can't believe we've even got stories in backup just in case we didn't have enough given that this morning but anyway um yes thank you very much for your time today the april fool's edition i think you can tell um but jav thank you sir yeah thanks <laughs> you look after yourself. Try not to die on us just yet, because you've got to get that uh, um, our next video sorted out. Um, and Andy, thank you, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. You still alive, Jav? Oh, barely. (laughs) Oh, God. Do you think think they'll get that that was a joke episode? (laughs) So, do you know what? Well, you know, I forgot to mention, and uh, I apologise it's taken so long because it would have been a lot funnier. But do you remember, like, Christmas, how um, like I got you guys some awesome presents? Like, you know, I got you the Mac, Tom, and Jeff, you got the, the brand-new iPad Pro and yes. the, the pen. Oh, that's right, yes, um, yes. So what I didn't tell you at the time, and it's probably not funny now because it's been so long, uh, I actually use the money from the host unknown bank account for that. <laughs> what? You son of a bitch. 